This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. I can remember in the early days of my ministry, and I have been preaching the gospel for over 41 years, there were times in the early days that putting a sermon together, <clears throat> and if you apply yourself even now today, I can remember uh, in the early days when I didn't know how to preach and I would ask God to give me a sermon and I felt like sometimes he would and sometimes he was slow. <laughs> but, and I can remember even on Sunday morning sitting in, in my chair and waiting for the music to stop and and I'm still waiting. I have no, I had no idea what I was going to preach. My wife would ask, she said, what are you going to preach on? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. And you can agonize and strategize and pray. And back in those days, I felt like that, man, this, this is a whole lot harder than what some might think, but it, that kind of thing doesn't happen often in these older days. But as I was coming to a conclusion of this message today, because it is the last message in the series on the love of God, and I had two sermons that I had worked ready for this day, and I said, I, I, I just don't feel this is it. And I begin to pray, Lord, if this is not it, then you show me what you want me to preach. And uh, usually when I finish my Sunday sermon, now, when I preach a series, typically I have all of the series done. And in this case, I did as well. But this last one, and I had two, and it just, just didn't seem right. And so I got through last Sunday morning, and I, I began to pray, Lord, I, I need to tie the knot on this service, on this series. And I was still troubled with it in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and woke up Monday morning, and I still didn't have peace about it. And I said, Lord, it's Monday. And then Tuesday morning, I woke up the same way. I, I don't sleep half the night thinking about this kind of thing. And so I was sitting at the breakfast table with my wife on Tuesday morning, and I said, I'm just, I'm not there. I don't have it. I've got two sermons work, but it's, it's not the one. And she said, and very rarely has she ever said this to me, maybe less than five times in these 40 plus years. She said, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 8. 38. And I knew, I knew when the light came on for the message and thought today, that's a perfect scripture. But if you didn't watch the service on Wednesday night, if you were not here on Wednesday night, Dr. Gretchen, she sang the song, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. And I will tell you, God gave me some great peace 
in the first part of the week about the message today as we wrap up the series on the love of God. I want you to pay very close attention to the message today because it deals with one of the most incredible, fundamental Bible doctrines of our faith. And if you have your bulletin in hand, I'm preaching on eternally secure in God's grace. And so I want you to look with me now in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. The Apostle Paul said, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And today perhaps as many times as you have read this passage I hope to share some great spiritual truths that you have never thought about before. One of the most unshakable assurances about God's love is that he wants people to know that in him we are eternally secure. And the verses before us today probably are the greatest text in the entire scripture on eternal security. And I want you to listen carefully because I know that through the years, several people wrestle with that. How can that be? Even denominations base uh, fundamental truths on the complete opposite of this. And uh, it, it, is, it is so important for you to know as a believer that in Jesus Christ, we are all eternally secure. And probably one of the best cornerstones in all of the scripture for this great doctrine is found in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. Look at the scripture carefully. Who are kept by the power of God. Who is the who? It is we. Born again believers, people that know Christ as their Savior who are kept by the power of God. And if you have a habit of writing in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline those words, power of God. Think about that with me. Power of God. Through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We are not kept by the power of presidents. You know that by now. We are not kept by the power of economics. By the power of wealth, these things may can sustain us momentarily, but the truth of the matter is the word of God says that we are kept by the power of God. I believe one of the many reasons that the Holy Spirit moved on the heart of the Apostle Paul to write this, to put this in scripture, in this life, listen carefully, there are millions of things that can make us insecure. Millions of things. But keep in mind this, that all scripture, if you have a Bible in your hand, 
this morning, and I hope that you do. If you don't own a Bible, I've said this many times, we will get you one. Let me know before you walk out of here today that you don't have a Bible, and we'll get you one. Always, I'm thankful for the big screens. But you need a Bible. You need a copy of God's Word. You don't have this big screen power media set up at your house. You need a Bible. You need the Word of God. If you don't have one, let me know. But the Word says that all Scripture... Every scripture that you're holding in your hand in these 66 books, all of it, according to the word, has been inspired by the Holy Spirit. In fact, Paul writes it this way in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so the Holy Spirit has given us a passage like Romans 8, 38, and 39 to counteract any doubt that the devil afflicts with us. Now, please don't ever forget this, that if you have been saved, you have been born again, you have been washed in the blood, don't ever forget this, that Ever since that day that you gave your heart to Christ, you belong to Jesus. Don't forget that. And these two passages, Romans 8, 38 and 39, it gives us the promise of inseparability forever and ever. That's a powerful truth. Now the blessing of these promises in chapter 8, 38 and 39 actually begins to unveil itself in a most beautiful way in verse number 35. Look at that scripture. And again, if you have a habit of writing in your Bible, draw an arrow from Romans 8, 38 up to 35 or vice versa, 35 to 38. But look at this incredible scripture. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Look at that. But here's the thing that we must come to terms with. And listen carefully. Because this is where it throws things off sync a little bit. For a lot of believers. This promise in the Bible. These promises protects us from separation, but it does not protect us from the calamities of life. Understand this. Though we have a wonderful promise of Scripture that we cannot ever be separated from God, that's a wonderful truth, that's a wonderful promise, but that's not a promise that says when you give your heart to Jesus, you will never have any more trouble, you will never have any more problems, you will not have any calamities. That is not in the Bible. And I want to ask you a soul-searching question, and it comes from the first part of verse number 38. Because the Apostle Paul said, for I am persuaded. Let me ask you this. And everyone that's watching this morning, are you fully persuaded? Think with me. Are you fully persuaded? Because 
the great apostle uses this unshakable word in another passage of Scripture. Persuaded. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, this is what Dr. Gretchen sang on Wednesday night. This is a great truth of the Scripture. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. So I ask you the question, are you fully persuaded? Because he said, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So can you say beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are persuaded? Are you sure? Are you 100% sure, unshakably sure that you're saved, that you're born again? Do you have the full confidence in these scriptures today? If you're doubting, listen carefully. If you're doubting, you might say, well, preacher, man, you, you just, you just rolled on with this a little bit longer. And then now that you're talking about it, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, am I really saved? I mean, if I were to die today, would I really go to heaven? If you're doubting today, listen carefully. You will not be the first person who ever doubted that. Because the devil knows how to play with your mind. He knows how to play with your confidence. And when you say, I am fully persuaded that if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. That's confidence. But the devil knows how to play with your confidence. He knows how to interrupt that. That's why we need to put on the helmet of salvation every single day. Because the devil is not off on Mondays. The devil, he's not off on Saturdays and especially on Sundays. He knows how to make you think that you're not saved. If you haven't ever thought for one fraction of a moment that maybe... Just maybe you're not saved. Listen carefully. I can tell you that since 1963, when I gave my heart to Christ, there have been several times that the devil's knocked on my door and said, you're not saved. And if you're going to be honest about it here, he's knocked on your door and tried to make you think the very same thing. Let me assure you of something, that these passages before us today, Romans 8, 38 and 39, they provide perfected consolation that when you're under this kind of an attack from the devil, that you have promises of scripture that you can cling to and hold on to. So I want us to look at these declarations this morning. If you're going to follow in your bulletin today, number one, the first thing that Paul mentions in verse number 38 is death. Look at this. For I am persuaded. He said, I, had un, I have unshakable faith, confidence. I am persuaded that neither death nor life. Now look at that. Every, every person in here knows the pain that comes with earthly separation when a loved one or close friend passes away. Especially if you know by their own life story that they were not saved. But even in Christ, when a loved one passes away, a close friend passes away, even in life, that's a painful situation. That's a painful experience. 
But we're also told in the scriptures that when our loved ones leave this world, when our friends, our dear friends leave this world, we are told in the scriptures that in our sorrow, when we're weeping, when we're brokenhearted, not to weep is those who have no hope. Because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. So let this spiritual truth sink in this morning. As a believer, death does not separate us from God. Think about that. In fact, death does just the very opposite of that. It increases our nearness and our fellowship with him. For a believer, listen, death is not a separation. It's a homecoming. Number two. These promises guarantees that not even angels or principalities or powers can affect our eternal security in Christ. Look again at verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. So listen carefully. Every power other than the power of God was defeated on the cross. If you're doubting your salvation today. Now, if you have never been truly saved, I do not want to confuse you because if you truly have never been saved, you need to be born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. That's not an option if you want to go to heaven. He said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Ye must be born again. There is no back door, no side door. Nobody's going to slide in on an accident. You've got to go through the door. He is the door. And so when you think about this, I want you to know that every power on this earth, every single power on this earth was defeated when Jesus died and shed his blood on the cross. Don't ever forget this. After Jesus was crucified on the cross, after he shed his blood, after his bodily glorious resurrection and following his ascension, the Bible says that he was seated at the right hand of the Father. This is important. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 22, he said, which we wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Look at this now. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things, not some things, not most of everything, but the scripture says, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. And this is a scripture that the devil cringes at. Because again, and I want you to get this truth, nothing now or later, nothing in the realms of powers or angels or principalities. No other power can separate you from the love of God. 
When you became a born again believer, listen, Jesus has you. He has you in the palm of his hand. And number three, look at this verse 39. And this blessed me in a way that I have not thought about in quite some time. And I want you to look at this. Verse number 39 is amazing. Nor height, nor depth, we get that. But then look at this. Nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So think with me now. If the devil is playing with your confidence, if the devil is playing with the assurance of your salvation. If you've never been saved, you need to be born again. And if the devil is playing with the assurance of your salvation, this is what I want you to know. I've seen it happen many times through the years. People have made professions of faith in our church. I'll use our church for an example. People have made a profession of faith and uh, four or five years later, uh, there was a message preached, a song sang, an evangelist to come in. Something great, mighty, and spiritual, supernatural was happening among God's people. And uh, I, I've seen that individual walk the aisle again and kneel in salty tears and, and uh, whisper in my ear at the end of the service, Preacher, I know today was the day I got saved. And I didn't try to talk them out of it. I knew that they had made a profession of faith years ago, but now they're making another profession of faith. And I've said, are you sure? I'm sure. And I've seen it happen when a person like this, after 20 years from that, has come forward and said, I, I really didn't get it then. And I'm thinking, but I remember the first time and I remember the second time. And they say, but today I got it. I mean it. I am surrendering. I'm trusting Jesus. And I said, do you really mean it? Yes, I really mean it. My point is this. I'm never going to try to talk anybody out of a salvation experience. And especially children. I would rather a person, young or old, walk this aisle a hundred times and say, Today, I gave my heart to Christ. Then for me to stop them halfway and say, oh, wait a minute, you've come down here three times saying that. Just get on back to your seat. You're confused. The devil's playing with your family. Listen, I'm not going to do that. I've baptized people 10 times. I'll baptize them 20 more times. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not the judge. I'm never going to tell you to go back to your seat. Whosoever will may come. So here's the thing. The devil will play with your, with your confidence. He'll play with your faith. And then he'll play with the assurance of your salvation. He'll try to make you think you're not saved. Have you ever been in some snare in your life? I mean, you, you, you're a good person and you love God. You love the word. You love to pray. You're in church. You give your tithes. You try to serve the Lord. You're trying to do everything right. And then for some reason, you got off of the path. And in that spiraling moment, the devil is trying to make you think you're not saved. He knows how to, he's a professional. He knows how to do that. 
So here's the thing. You have to remember that the death of Christ on the cross, the shedding of his blood, and the resurrection, it made the gospel complete. It offers salvation to anyone that wants it. And once you get it, you cannot unget it. And I'm going to share with you in verse 39 how that is absolutely true. It's unshakable, it's unreversible. And again, I say this, in a soul-searching message like the one this morning, if you are saying like David said, search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Wash me and I shall be clean. If you pray a prayer like that in your heart right now while the message is going on, and for some reason you're doubting, if I were to die today, where would I go? Listen, in the name of Jesus, you come this morning. Give your heart to Christ. Once you give your heart to Christ, listen, you can have. The scripture that I'm giving you today not only gives you unshakable confidence in your eternal security, but it also lets you know from scripture how it can never be undone. That's paramount. You get off of the path. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When a person is baptized in this pool back here. Listen, they stand there as a sinner justified. They'll go down maybe as a dry sinner. They'll come up as a wet sinner. The truth of the matter is we're going to all be sinners until the trump of God sounds. But when it sounds, the word says that we'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. We shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. And in a split second, the word calls it a twinkling of an eye, will be changed in his likeness. But look at this. According to the scriptures that we've read today, and let's start back in verse 38. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? Are you persuaded? Sometimes when I do marriage counseling and the couple comes in to talk to me, and I usually typically have three sessions with them along the trail before the wedding date. If, if they don't have the interest in coming for the counseling, that tells me a lot up front. So it's pretty much mandatory. And when they come in, I usually like to have a real good time with them on the first time. And I can tear, tell they're sweating bullets. But here's the thing. If I can talk a couple out of getting married, out of getting married, in the first 15 minutes of the first counseling session, let me tell you something. I've done a good thing. But there have been some that have sat there and said, after all of that, preacher, there's nothing you can say to change my mind. I, I, want, I want to be with her the rest of my life. And I'll say, why? And they'll say something like this. Well, he'll look at her and say, well, I said, why do you want to spend the rest of your life? Well, um, she knows me pretty well. <laughs> oh, I wish I could video some of these things for you. Play them on the big screen. Maybe at the end of the trail one day we'll do that. But 
If I can talk somebody out of getting married in 15 minutes, it's a good thing. And there are some people that sit there and say, Preacher, there's nothing you can say to talk me out of this because I know this is what I want. And I say that in the matter of illustration, but I ask you this. If somebody could open it, you can, the truth of the matter is you can take this because I know a lot about other faiths, denominations, and doctrines. You, you can take this Bible and you can force it. And I emphasize it. You can force it to say anything, pretty much just about anything you want it to say. And you can take it out of context to do that. But if you're going to preach it straight and you're going to preach with truth, you, you can't make this book do that. This book does it. And so when I think about this, when you read the scripture, for I'm persuaded, again, I come back to that. Are you fully persuaded that neither death nor life, this is covering the multitude of acres here. Look at this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth. That's a lot of stuff. But then we get to this thing. Nor any other creature. So here's what I want you to understand about that. If, if you've ever been taught or the devil's ever played with your, con, your, your conscience and, and your confidence and your heart and your assurance and has made you think that whatever sin you have done has just been so unforgivable that God's grace cannot cover it, God's blood will not forgive it. If the devil's ever made you think that, listen, you're in a right place today. You've got some good scriptures before you this morning. It's unshakable confidence. Now look at this. Nor any other creature. That includes me. It includes you. It includes us. Any other creature. Because we are all created creatures. You say, well, I've never thought about it that way. God in the garden created all of us. Did he not? He created all of us in his likeness and in his own image. So listen carefully. If you're watching today by internet, get this truth. All of you here this morning, listen. So for everyone who is miserably bent on thinking that there is something that you can do to lose your salvation, the Holy Spirit because he gives all scripture by inspiration. The Holy Spirit gave this verse to set you free. Look at this, nor any other creature, that means ourselves. So what the apostle is saying here that not even we ourselves, and you think about everything in front of that, death or life or angels or principalities or powers, things present, things to come, nor height nor depth, but he said even ourselves, can separate us from the love of God. If a man could undo his salvation because of some sin he had committed, then we are in fact not kept by the power of God. Either we are or we're not. I was reading a story this week about a man who had saved his money a long time to get the prize car that he always wanted. He had his heart set on a certain car, and it wasn't 
something ridiculous or in a fantasy world, but it was, it was a car that he just, he just had to have. Do you remember the first car you ever had? Think about that just for a minute. I had a 1966 Ford Mustang. I'll never forget it. Unfortunately, back in my youth, I was riding down the road one night, and that's the first car gal I really ever had. And I was riding down the road one night, and the transmission went out, and I started wheeling and dealing with a friend. He gave me a car. I gave him mine. And can you imagine if I still had that 1966 Ford Mustang? <laughs> this man, he had saved up all of his money for this car. It was his prize. He wanted it more than anything. And finally the day came when he had enough money to purchase the car. His wife was so happy for him. She could hardly stand it herself. He took extra care for it. He covered it up and at night, and uh, he would always do special things to wipe every speck of dust off of it. I mean, he just babied the car. A few months went on. It got cold in the wintertime. And the wife came to him and she said this. Can I borrow your car to go to town? He said, sure. He said, let me go out and start it up for you. I'll get it warm. I'll get it comfortable for you. And then when it's time for you to go, you just step on out there and drive it. So he went out. He was gone for a little bit of time. He went out and warmed the car up and he came back in. He said, honey, it's all ready for you. She was so excited she got in that car. She sat there for a minute and she said, I know what he feels. I know his joy. She started down the road and didn't get too far before somebody ran a stop sign and T-boned her. The car was totaled. She got on her cell phone and she started calling different first responders. She would call the police and she called the, the rescue squad, didn't know the situation of the other people. They were coming. And when they got to the car, the police officer said, well, ma'am, do you have your driver's license and your insurance? And she said, well, here's my driver's license. She reached over in the glove compartment and she grabbed the papers, the insurance papers, and she began to open them up. And when she opened up her insurance papers, her husband had wrote a little note and stuck it in the middle of the first paper. And the note said this, Sweetheart, always remember, it is you that I love. Now, I want you to think about this. How many times do we make a mess or we wreck, we wreck the car of our life? How many times maybe we think it's totaled, it's gone, it's hopeless, it's useless? Never forget. 
When that man stuck, he, when he went out, he stayed a little longer. He was writing that note out, heart beating out of his chest. Put that little note on the insurance paper. Sweetheart, always remember, it's you that I love. Listen carefully. When Jesus died on the cross, when he shed his blood, when he rose from the dead, he put a note on that cross. Always remember, it's you that I love. It's you that I've died for. Whatever mess that you make of your life, whatever mess we make of our life, whatever heartache comes our way, whatever wrecks and crashes that we have, remember it is this, that it's us whom God loves. So Romans 8 is a tremendous verse. I want our musicians to come forward and I want us to think about this. There's another classic verse of scripture in this chapter and we're all pretty much familiar with it. It's found in verse 28, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to those, to them who are called according to his purpose. So that's right before verse number 38 and 39. And the word assures us that God can take all of the things of our life, no matter how messy they are, and work it towards his good. Sometimes we may not think so, but here's the thing. We as believers have to accept the fact that we're going to make messes in our life. We're going to have struggles in our life, but not only struggles, listen to this. There are going to be times in your life, there are going to be times in my life when I'm not only dealing with a struggle, but there are going to be times in my life that I'm going to need a miracle from God. A miracle. Where the sun has gone down, I don't know if it's going to shine again. And when those times come, there cannot be any better consolation for you than the promises that these scriptures contain. We're going to absolutely shed tears down here. But there's coming a day when God will wipe away all tears from our eyes. And the Lord gave me a tremendous thought this week. It comes out of probably the most familiar song that we sing in the faith Amazing grace. And I like the part that says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. Listen, because of the promises in Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, this was a truth I just couldn't walk away from. When we've been there 10,000 years, there's never going to come a time when Jesus walks over to Simon Peter and ask this question. Where's, where's Pastor Tony? Peter's not going to say, well, I don't know, Lord. It's, you know, come to think of it, it's been a few days since I've seen. And maybe he turned to John, the Lord's not going to say, John, where's Pastor Tony? Well, I, I, well, I haven't seen him in a week or two. God's not going to walk to different people in heaven and ask him where I am. And do you know why? Because neither height nor depth nor any other creature 
shall be able to separate me from the love of God. When the Lord wants me in heaven, he'll just look my way. And he'll look your way if you're there. Because nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.